Kiravaki mai ki na podcast rakavi oya ka wakairataka na sports booth. I'm Husey as always, and I'm joined by my co-host Luke. Luke, an upset this week, although maybe not an upset, depending on if you've been listening to this podcast over the last few weeks. Uh, but hopefully, I did the Fijian language some justice there uh, using my translation software as I do. But I thought since I gave you a bit of a hard time last week for <laughs> New Zealand losing to France and I opened the podcast in French, the least I could do this time was open the podcast in Fijian or at least attempt to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's what you'd say. I, I think it's the most wonderful time of the year and no, we're not at Christmas. It's another <laughs> Wallabies loss and boy, I am here for it. It's a famous journey. What was it? 59 Mate, years? Mate, that's, like that's like, that's like say, saying the weekend's the best part of the year. It comes around <laughs> every week, you know, uh, you know, it's not the best time of the week. It's the best time of the year. It's the best time of the week. Yeah, it, it, it's getting to that, mate. And that's what, I guess it's yeah. disappointing for you, but it's, it's an enjoyable moment for me to wake up on a fine Monday morning in Australia seeing another Wallabies loss. And not, not just any Wallabies loss, a famous Wallabies loss to the Fijians. And I guess it gets you well, right in the hot seat now on your pool, mate. Well, what I want to say is this, and, and I think this this is more important, and this goes beyond Australian rugby. But we need to stop framing this as a Wallabies loss. This is a Fijian win, right? This is a Fijian victory. And I actually think... Uh, I know we're sort of diving right into things, but I think a lot of the conversation today has been really disrespectful to the Fijians, where it's like, oh, the Wallabies failed, the Wallabies didn't do this, the Wallabies didn't do that, as if the Wallabies just sort of let the Fijians win, as if the Wallabies failed. It was a bloody good effort by the Fijians, right? They played really hard, really tough rugby. You could see why Wales had to make 200-odd tackles in their game against them. The Fijians, they strangle you in possession. They hold on to the ball really well. They make mistakes here and there, and if they tidied up those mistakes, they'd be they'd be up in the top five in the world. But they did not give the Wallabies an inch of breathing room. And so I think the discussion really needs to be framed. As bad as the Wallabies' efforts were, this needs to be reframed as a Fijian win because otherwise it is disrespectful to the Fijians. No, I totally agree as well. And I sat there and we watched uh, Eddie Jones, you know, apologise to the Australian public. But I don't, you know, say say that Simi Raderada does pick that ball up and scores in the corner and the Fijians beat the Welsh. We we are seriously talking like this is like a, a top top five team, you know, like this yep. wouldn't be so famous of a loss, I would say. It's more, uh, uh, as we're saying, a win for Fiji. But, yeah, I don't think he has to apologise to anyone like the, the Australian no. public. It was a – I think Fiji are doing what we expected. As we came into this tournament, we both said, look, Fiji are uh, the team that's going to surprise – if anyone's going to surprise anyone, it's the Japan of last time. Like, if yeah. we sat there and we watched Japan beat South Africa, and I think that was more of a surprise – because no one saw that coming. Like this, we have at least seen coming. We've seen the building of They've this been, Fijian team. Exactly, building through Super Rugby Pacific. You can see, you could just see how the qualities improved in Fijian rugby. You combine that with their immense frames and the skill that they're able to play with with the bodies of that size. It's just not fair. That is really rough. And look, it's looking like you know they could be the team to get through. Um, they could either top the pool or come second, right? Depending on the Australia Wales result, you know, this yep. could be one of the, this could be a team that when it get they, they can make a semi, like who Absolutely. are they going up against in, in their quarterfinal, either England or Argentina, right? 
they I reckon they match up well, well with those teams, right? And they can play they can play their style of rugby, they can impose their will, and they can uh, get a win. You know, I and we could be talking about Fiji in the semi-final. Uh, we've been talking about it. you particularly in the lead up to this World Cup have been preaching the the Fijian propaganda and it's you know it's it's the truth you've been sipping the Kool-Aid right uh, and you could just see the results of it like for, as, a, as a rugby fan it's a fantastic result because it's showing that world rugby can grow right you know it, 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 we're getting away from you know there's only three teams that have won a world cup this could be the year where a fourth team joins that uh no, am I wrong? No, four teams have won the World Cup. This could be the year that we see a fifth, right? Uh, you know, you know, France and Ireland are, are poised to win their first one, but it's also showing that, you know, these other teams are really improving in, in quality as well. Uh, and it's a fantastic sign to see. For a Wallaby supporter, look, it's disappointing to be sure. Um, I think we shot ourselves in the foot a lot of times. Um, I think Taniel Tupo not being there really hurt us because he's an enforcer and he matches up well with those Fijian boys. And Skelton as well. Uh, That was going to be my next one. (laughs) Without Skelton, we had no turnover potential whatsoever. Like our two flankers, I I don't know, they they were there. They had some carries. They made some tackles, but there was no pressure on the ruck except from the Fijian side, really. Um, And whenever there was, I don't know what Richie Arnold was doing, but he seemed to constantly be penalized for trying to replicate Skelton. um, so I think that's a serious flaw in, in Eddie's game plan and in his selections. And it's, you know, again, the, the loss of Michael Hooper, I think can't be, uh, overstated, you know, not picked in the squad because of health reasons, but, you know, sure he might miss the first game, but then a game like this, you think he's back for this, this is a game he's sort of built for Hooper. Really? Um, you know, and, uh, I, I guess looking at the wider picture, I think but I think in a previous podcast you asked me if Australia goes out in a quarterfinal, is that enough for me to to say goodbye to Eddie Jones? And I said no. But I tell you what, if Australia doesn't get out of the group stages, then you pull the trigger right there and then. That is you know, as much as you're building towards the Well, I think you as much as you're building towards uh twenty twenty seven, if Australia doesn't get out of the group stages in a in a pool with Wales, who are at the weakest Wales has ever been, really, right? Yep. Um, sure, Fiji is doing really well, but Wales is weaker than they've ever been, and the other two teams are Georgia and Portugal. Obviously, Georgia's no slouch, but they're a team we should beat, and we did. Portugal's a minnow. They're not going to win a game this World Cup. So, but if we can't get past the Welsh at this stage, look, that's, 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 that's a sign that, you know, Sure, you're building towards the 2027 World Cup, but your foundation is very shaky if you're not doing that. Fiji, I, you know, Fiji, I, as even though they lost to Wales, they should have won that game. Yeah. And I, I think the Fijians are a better team than the Welsh. Um, and look, for, for me, if you don't get out, if you don't get out of pools this World Cup, I don't know what, what you have have to offer. What if you beat the Welsh and you go out due to points differential? Like all bonus points are all the same, and it's point differential. Surely that's a pass mark to me. Again, like we're sitting here, like, and I think, yeah, I, I, like, because I, I think if you beat the Welsh, you will get out of the pool because the Welsh only managed to beat Portugal mm. 28-8, and we'll discuss a bit of a, the other teams and the, those other minnows performing well. But it could happen. Like you could beat the Welsh and still get knocked out at this stage. That's true. Um, I think you'd have to look at how he, how he, how the game against Wales went. And, 
so really he's got he's got the game against Portugal is off to the side. You know, unless something horrific happens in that game, I'm not really looking at the Portugal game to tell me anything. I'm looking at this game against Wales to see, okay, what can I see out of this game? This is now crunch time, right? Yeah. For all the other games that Eddie has coached thus far, it's really been this. It, 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 there's always the next game. This Wales game, there is no next game. Basically, this is it. This is crunch time. This is when you have to pull out your stops. This is where the buck stops. This is where you can't save anything for the next game. You can't be testing things out anymore. This is your final uh, final shot at things. This is your strategy to win. And you need to sh- you need you need to show us me in Australia what you're made of and what you, what you can get out of this team. You know. Um, <sighs> You have to get out of the pools. Like for for me, I, I it it it'd be really hard to see when you've got a coach like Stephen Larkham waiting, who's had success with the Brummies. He's been a player recent recently ish, but seems to have a good idea about how to put an attacking game plan together. Um, I don't. I I would rather give Larkham four years. Uh, and pull the trigger early on Eddie, then get like a year or two into Eddie's tenure and realize, shit, this this stuff's going nowhere. I'd rather have Larkin build a squad for four years. You know? Would you would you go Larkin and Eddie Jones to like director of rugby? Because I still think I think it'd be silly to lose Eddie Jones and what he does yep. bring to Australia rugby. As much as yep. you could go, I, I just I. To me, I think if you go out of the pools, even if you go out in these pools, I don't think you pull the trigger quite yet. Like we've always, we've said, I'm surprised I'm hearing this from you, only purely because we've said he's only had a year with these lads, not even a year with these lads. And I know it's a rugby yeah. world cup and it's a pinnacle, but I, we, I don't think he was set up for success as we're as we're sitting here talking about this. Sure. What I'm worried about is that there's some still some selection for me i think it hinges are really on the continued selection of geordie pataya right the decision making just isn't there like he's he kicked two or three balls too far that then went dead and it's just a completely wasted possession right for me i feel like at this point eddie should have seen what he needed to see out of pataya and I don't know why Parisi isn't in there. Parisi, like, yeah, Pataya's a decent defender. He can put a shot on. But so is Izzy Parisi. Izzy Parisi's a fantastic defender as well. He's got a better kicking game, which we've seen at the Waratahs as well. He's got better decision-making. And he's what he, he is a big-moment player, you know? Uh, for me, that worries me that we're continuing to to see that. With the Vunavalu pick, Eddie's continued to pick Vunavalu despite protests from... From yours Everyone. truly, as well as other people, <laughs> but at least Vunavalu has progressed. We have seen progression from Vunavalu at least. So you think, okay, we could see at least Vunavalu was responding to Jones's coaching, and that's what Jones must have seen as well. But Pataya doesn't seem to be responding to the coaching. He seems to be still making the poor decisions, making the wrong decisions, and I just don't understand what's going on there. I guess, and and just to. That's what up. worries me is that yeah. he's, he's, he he could be just like singularly focused. He's he's not willing to adapt his game plan. And I get that. I think I'm, I'm just interested. Pataya, we as as we've probably argued more than just about anyone is that Pataya is a is a fullback. We've seen it in the Reds. He was a fullback. Uh, Lena Kitao not being there may be the biggest loss in the Rugby World Cup, especially if you do go out yeah. in the pool stages. Now that we're we're seeing this because. Yeah, I just, I, 
I haven't seen enough of, again, Pattaya to understand that decision either. But I guess yeah. there are so many decisions that you could question now from Eddie Jones, like the Carter Gordon Quake Cooper one. The Hooper. Mm. We, we could sit here and do that, I think, for days now um, because of what is transpiring at this World Cup. Yeah, I mean, look, it's 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 the same as any kind of gamble, right? You know, you're a, you're a smart gambler if it works or you're an idiot if it doesn't work, you know? It, I think the... the the Quake Cooper one, I mean, you and I, I think we both sort of said, well, we'll see how this goes. But I think to not even call up Bernard Foley or someone to be an experienced head for Carter Gordon to to speak to, I think that's a bit of an issue. Like and I think we, that's ruining his head here. If we look at this, your two playmakers there in 10 and 15 have had less than, what, 10 games on the field for the Wallabies. That is just, to, to me, is mind-boggling. Like... Again, Carter Gordon, I think, had a fantastic season for the Melbourne Rebels, who came 10th out of 12 in Super mm. Rugby. Like, that's not, that's not against him. It's against whatever the Rebels were fucking doing. And believe me, I, I, I drank that Kool-Aid on the Rebels as well. But I just sat there and I go, there's not a lot of winning that's come out of them. Like, Donaldson, at least, has made two final series. But yeah. I just sat there and I go, something just doesn't seem right with these selections when you haven't got a lot to back them up. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I think Donaldson's played well actually. To be oh, honest, totally. like, it's, this is a, he, this isn't a shot at either of them. It's just more me. of a it's more of an what we're seeing on yeah. the field. And now now that you've lost one game, it's if, going into this Wales game. Everything like you said, it's a, it's going to be the game of the year. It could be the game of the next four years for what actually these Wallabies look like and yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, I don't know. For, I guess I guess for me, why I'm so riled up is that. I'm seeing mistakes made by the same player and players in this game that we saw in the first game against South Africa. Yeah. You know, like there's yeah. been progress yeah. in other areas. Sure. But there's like this, this, this same mistakes that you just sit in there and like, how have you as a player not learnt by now that, you know, to just pull back on your kicks a little bit, like you keep kicking him dead. Yeah. Right. Stop kicking them, the, the ball dead. Uh, it's just, and you're doing it the, the, the same way. And yeah, I don't know for, for me, I, you know, I thought Nick white played really well. I thought, I, I thought a few players had some really good individual performances. Nick Frost had a really good, uh, game as well coming in. Um, I think, I think slipper had a good game. Angus bell, again, a stalwart just was, he was the only Aussie player really that seemed to get consistent forward momentum running into the Fijians. Like he must just be the strength of an ox with how he's managing <laughs> to keep going through some of those runs. Um, and again, I think that's why the loss of Tupo was so pronounced as well. Like Slipper, I think they did had some great work at scrum time. I think the Aussies did well at scrum time. Um, line outs as well were, were good, but yeah, I don't know for, for me, I'm seeing the same mistakes um, and I'm seeing shooting ourselves in the foot um, as well, like this is a game that Australia could have won. The better team, I think, won though. I think Fiji was the better team, um, but it's it's disappointing to see how the Aussies could have won. Yeah, and that's what that's what's got me on edges. It's like Fiji played well. They had their game plan. They stuck to it. I don't. I didn't feel like we had a game plan in that game. It felt like we were just responding to what Fiji were doing, and we weren't proactive. And that that's really concerning. 
Yeah, I get that. I get that. Shall we move on to some other games from this week yes. too? Um, <laughs> on to the first game of the round, which was France versus Uruguay. And Uruguay, again, uh, another team, another minnow team, you'd say a tier two nation mm. that stepped up and showed out with the big boys. Really showed that you can't rest on your laurels and rest players too much in this tournament anymore, unless you're probably playing Romania. Yeah. But we'll get to them. Um, because Uruguay were right in that game, 13-12, um, could have been really in the game if a yellow card was upgraded, which we will touch base on soon to Roman. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name, but it's like Tafuna. Chamonet. Isn't it? Oh, no, sorry. I'm looking at the conversion. Uh, nah, the yellow card. Uh, uh, I'm looking at Mel. Romain Tower Fifanua. There you go. Yeah, you did a better job than nice I did. Nice shot at it. Yeah, <laughs> um, but France pull away at the end um, and win 27-12. Don't get a bonus point, um, which is mm -hmm. good for us, I guess, um, because talking about that All Blacks game, that was the second game up where we dominated Namibia 71-3, where we may have come... I don't know, it's going to be an interesting topic point. I've got it written down on it, but I'm going to talk about it now. Cam Roygaard stepped up and said, I am the second-place halfback in... New Zealand rugby, Finlay Christie, who, um, and played so well yeah. that, look, I don't, I think against Italy, we're going to see Aaron Smith start, but I'd love to see him start again against Uruguay mm. and see, I just want to see him on that level because uh, we've had Aaron Smith for so long and I don't think you go away from Aaron Smith because Aaron Smith is fantastic, but he played, he, he offered a different dimension with his run game, which Aaron Smith doesn't quite offer. Cam Roygaard is a little bit stronger, obviously a bit younger, a bit more built, um, and definitely could take the line mm. on a bit more, which he did well against Namibia, um, which will be really interesting to see how Fozzie goes. I just think that's it's certified that if we're in a close tussle against a, a France or something like that, being able to bring on someone who can change the game with their running ability. And I always thought this was what TJ Perinara was very good at, was his running ability. Um I think this is the like-for-like TJ Perinara replacement with Cam Roygaard, and I'm very yeah. excited to see him on the footy field. Other than that, Lesha Fanganuku, I think, needs to find his way into an all-black squad when we're playing the big teams. He can play like an extra flanker. Now, I know Mark Talia has been fantastic, but I think Fanganuku yeah. offers the same, and the amount of turnovers he can get over the ball and just his defence, I just think he's... Had, had another fantastic game, and every time I see him in either a red or black jersey for the Crusaders or a black jersey for the All Blacks, he's doing something right. So, look, there's going to be some big decisions come quarterfinal time and leading up to the quarterfinal. Um, but for now, box ticked by my All Blacks. Yeah. I think one of my favourite moments of the game was when uh, you scored a try, uh, you know, in the number seven jersey, Dalton. You look like Dalton Papali right now with that moustache, mate. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. I do look like... I'm, yes. I'm too far away from the camera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do pull a bit of a Dalton at the moment. He's His is a lot more yeah, just, uh, I, luscious than mine, I would say. He's got a more, yes. like, business... He's business class. I'm economic, economy at the moment is the way you, I feel about it. You're, 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 pre, you're premium economy, mate. Don't put yourself down. You're premium economy. You've got, you've got the definition there. You got the definition. I can see, it, and it looks like it's in a neat line. So don't put yourself down too much. It's not bad. It's not bad. But yeah, he's he's it's got definitely... the extra leg room. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, next game up was Samoa versus Chile. Samoa getting their World Cup campaign underway yeah. in the right style, 41-10, which is a big win for them purely because Japan yeah. beat them 42-12, so it puts them on the same steed with at least Japan. Um, and Japan, again, we'll get to them later, losing to England, pretty much their World Cup campa- campaign is looking like it's going down the gurgler, but still Samoa starting off very yeah. strong, which I am impressed by. Uh, then we jump on to another minnow starting off their World Cup campaign this year. Portugal scoring the first try against Wales, mm. but losing 28-8. But again, another very good game for the minnows where we're sitting and going, Wales saw the French game and said we can't rest on our laurels, and they came out and they battled hard and they got yeah. all five points. So credit to Wales for doing that after which would be, was a very physical game against Fiji. Um, so I, I yeah. think Wales took... A lot of very good steps. You'd expect them to win by more, but picking up the five points, that's all that matters at the moment for them. And it puts all the pressure now back on Fiji and Australia to do the same before Wales meet up with Australia. Ireland then put away Tonga and Tonga's uh, debut to the 2023 Rugby World Cup, 59-16. Man, the Ireland team is looking good. This Ireland versus South Africa clash is going to be mouth-watering, especially... After South Africa put away Romania 76-0 in similar fashion to what Ireland did. And and, and I talked about this. Um, Romania had a change of coach at the end of last year or start of this year um, because the coach just felt like he had taken the team as far as it could go. And now we're seeing that. Like, Romania, I think if you went through the qualifying process again with Romania, I don't think they would have qualified for the Rugby World Cup. But because they ticked all those boxes back then when the coach was on board and everything like that, um, they're there. They're competing. These games are going to happen. They're in the hardest pool you just feel sorry for them a little bit. But I'm loving the fact that most minnows, other than Romania, in the toughest pool, um, are competing. Um, and again, you're playing the number one, arguably I think South Africa might be number two at the moment, number one and top two teams in the world um, yeah. going head-to-head in their first two games. We then had, obviously, the Australia versus Fiji, which we won't touch base on. Um, and to round us out, England looked in trouble early against Japan, um, I believe it was yeah thirteen nine at the half. Got to thirteen twelve, but they managed to pull away and make it thirty four twelve to round out yeah. the round and put them at the top of that pool D. So as we look at it at the moment, I believe it looks like France and New Zealand on the top, first and second in their pools, with Italy still a game in hand, uh, but will need to beat New Zealand. Ireland and South Africa at the top of their pools. No one else in that pool has picked up a point, um, but 10 and 9. Wales, Australia tied at the moment. Uh, Fiji also on six points tied with Australia. And then England and Samoa leading the pool D with Argentina still a game in hand. So I guess with mm-hmm. it looking like it's going to be really interesting pool D because Samoa could upset one of those England or Argentinas. And Argentina, we may see, which I would have been very surprised on talking about a Michael Checker coach team to see them get knocked down in the yeah. pools. But they're facing a very similar situation to what your Wallabies are facing. Yet to, they lost that big game against England and lost it pretty convincingly. Obviously, George Ford's boots helped a lot there. But, yeah, it's just, it's such, it's still, as much as it's gone, kind of gone to the script that, you know, you would have expected until this, like, Fiji win over Australia, there are so many storylines that could still happen. Like, we're still yeah, at that point where absolutely. it's like, who's going to win this? Who's going to win that? Um, 
But yeah, a very interesting round two wrapped up. Uh, round three, who have you got in round three? We've got Wales. Oh, so a big one for you boys. Yeah, next a week from today at five a.m. Week from today, five a.m. Oh, I'll, oh, I think I'll be on a plane then. Oh. I think you will be. Oh yeah, I will be. Hopefully, maybe I can get some uh, in-flight entertainment, and they'll be. <laughs> I don't know if they do that for Qatar Airways. Won't be uh, putting me on that. Yeah. Um, okay, that's 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 the game of the tournament for you guys at least. I imagine you'll be yeah. uh, right involved with that. Well, we've got a round, don't we? We go South Africa versus Ireland at 5 a.m. on Sunday and you against uh, Wales at 5 a.m. on Monday. And then... Yeah, so the full next round, Italy yeah, go up against Uruguay. Then we got France versus Namibia. Argentina versus Samoa. That'll be a big one. A uh, Georgia versus Portugal. England versus Chile. Then it's South Africa versus Ireland. So that's another big one. Scotland versus Tonga should be decent as well. Then it's Wales-Australia to round out the round. <laughs> Yeah, big round, big rounds. Um, and what we've learnt, I think, from these early first two rounds is how key discipline is. Because yes. as we saw, you wouldn't normally expect a Fiji team to beat Australia and only score one try in that making of that win. But penalties, 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 discipline, discipline, discipline. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not getting recarded or penalised, you're going to win games. We look at someone like Ireland, who are one of the least penalised teams in the world, um, yet to have a card at this World Cup. I think they've given away the least, least penalties, and I know they've faced both Romania and Tonga and may not be quite up to the, the level of South Africa, which they're going to face, but still discipline so key. If the Wallabies don't give away that many penalties and the All Blacks don't give away that many penalties in their first game, we could be for, talking about mm-hmm. very different results. Wales about the only team that can give away penalties and still win a game at the moment. So I just think this, when exactly. we come to the... The, the quarterfinals, semifinals, final stages, we're going to get to the point where it's going to be like, who doesn't give away the most penalties? Who can get on side with the referee easier, quickest? And I'm not that's not me saying, mm-hmm. like, this is either the referee's fault. It's just who can adapt to the referee, referee quickest, I think is the, the better way of saying yeah. that. And who's not going to give away a card. So we saw Ethan de Groot get red-carded at the end of uh, the... All Blacks game against Namibia as he came off the bench. And, and we'll jump on that now, the, the red-yellow cards. We've had now about three or four examples of head-on-head collision. So we had Tom Curry in the first game get yellow carded, upgrade to a red card after three minutes. Then we saw two more examples of head-on-head collisions not even get carded, not get cited. Then we had Roman T. I'm just going to call him Roman T. Um, in the France versus Uruguay game, who, to me... There's a lot of dipping motion, but the arm doesn't wrap, and he definitely dips down. He's a seven-foot fucking lock trying to tackle a five-foot scrum half. It's, it's, you know, sometimes you make head contact, but you can't also sit there and mm-hmm. adjust and say, oh, just because he's short, you have to, you, you didn't tackle low enough. You've got you've to adjust to that. So I think it should have been upgraded to a red card if we're, we're, we're playing on the basis that the Ethan the Groot one, which was upgraded to a red card, like the All Blacks have already come out and said, they will argue that one because it's to me. I sat there and I was like, "Wow, there was a dipping motion from the tackler." Yes, even the group definitely doesn't get low enough. I still think we're at a point with these red and yellow cards and all of this. Again, it's a young time for 
we've only been doing this what three four years I would say of these you know the mm. read cards to heads not 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 the um, review system but the the read cards for head hits and stuff it's a, it's, a, it's still very yeah. new to this world but we haven't got the consistency yet that I'm quite hoping for and I would say most people would agree with me with that like we just want consistency if you can yeah. sit there like I can sit here exactly. and go yes we don't want head contacts we understand it as and I sat there and watched Tom Curry's one, and I was like, man, that's tough. Head on head is always one of those ones where, like, you just got your head in the wrong position and you've made head on head contact. And I always feel bad for the players that do that. Mm-hmm. But they're teaching people, hey, that means you've just got to get lower. It's just the way it is. Um, so I, I think we've all, rugby's come to accept that we've got to tackle lower, but I just want consistency with what we're seeing with red, yellows penalties, what's getting weeks banned. We saw the Owen Farrell one blow up. And again, nothing against Owen Farrell. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, yeah, 100% agree. Consistency is what's required. Totally. It's just, yeah. It, look, I can I can at least say that it wasn't as bad of as the howler of a call that the NRL had over the weekend in the Storm Roosters game. So look, they, it, it, it's, it wasn't, it's not that bad where they're consistent the consistency there is just all over the shop but it is at the point where it is frustrating for 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 different different players are judged by different standards um it seems so yeah look yeah gets if you're gonna miss a call at least miss it for everyone or if you're gonna (laughs) call something a red call it for everyone if you're gonna call it a yellow call it for everyone you know that's that's you know as long as the rules are consistent, people can learn to play to the rules. Um, but when they're inconsistent, that's where you get confused and found out a bit. Um, and if, if we just quickly want to put on our know, conspiracy hats here, I put on my tinfoil hat and I go conspiracy first. Honest. People are talking a lot that like tier two nations are the one that are getting judged harshly. So the Uruguay player against Uruguay happened, Fiji against Wales. Yeah. There's, I don't, as much as you could, you could buy Australia, into a conspiracy. Every game, you know. <laughs> <laughs> as much as you could buy into that conspiracy, like yes, tier one mm. nations making it further in the competition is going to make world rugby probably more money because Aussie t- Aussie fans mm. are there willing to spend doing this. Get the fuck out of here, Fiji! If Fiji make a semi a quarter final, yeah. that's selling out just to people to watch Fiji play in a quarter final. So I just yeah. sit there and I go, as much as I, I can see why you'd be angry and you'd be sitting there asking questions, especially Fiji at that Wales one, no referees out there with a mandate from World Rugby to say, make sure Wales win this game. The referees are doing their yeah. best. Yes, they may miss calls. Yes, they may give too many warnings away. Again, we've left rugby up to the interpretation of the laws, and that is what the referee does on the day. And I just think adaptability from teams is now such an important skill to have. And I think one of the best adapting teams is Ireland. When I watch Ireland play, if they do start to give away a few penalties, they quickly work it out. And it's like like looking at it, as we talk about NFL quite a lot on this podcast, at halftime they go in and make adjustments. And I just go, if you are not adjusting to the officials, then you're you're not making adjustments. Which is what, which is again another concern I have about Australian rugby at the moment it just there doesn't seem to be any adjustments and you know there was a lot of discussion after that game that the, even the reserves were used poorly like you didn't use reserves to really change the balance of the game you know um uh Blake shop was used for two minutes like what's the point of that um and uh but also then you hook Carter Gordon 10 minutes into the second half it's like 
It just it, 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 the, the use of the reserves just didn't make sense to me um, either. And so, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Adaptability is is it's not your best ability because that's availability, but adaptability. <laughs> but it's getting pretty is close. Your second best ability. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, look, last thing I just want to touch base on with the performance of Fiji, which we've just seen, Portugal pushing uh, Wales all the way, the uh, Uruguay pushing. France all the way, is it time to go to a 24-team tournament? Um, now, I don't know. I haven't even looked at how that would work based off this, but we'd, you'd ideally you'd have USA-Canada involved. Um, who else made it? I think Kenya and Hong Kong were the four teams that as well made the, the end thing. You've also got like yeah. Netherlands, Germany, all of those are close to it. But like, let's add USA-Canada, um, Kenya and Hong Kong, just, just for the sake of... Yeah of uh, bygones being bygones. But if we add those four teams, I don't think we're seeing as much 80 to nils. Like, we're looking at it, and Romania's the only team that's lost by, like, 60-plus, or Namibia did. But Namibia's at every World Cup. And if we go back to, was it 2003 when you beat them 150 to... I think it was. It was, like, the the world record. I think it was the 2003... uh, It was, like, 141 to... Free or whatever it was. You look at that, 2003, 20 years ago, and in mm. 20 years we've gone, they're 71 free to the All Blacks now, and Wallabies were just as good as the All Blacks back in 2003. Um, so it's like we've already... Better, better even, because they made the final that year. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. And I think we haven't seen the beat you that season. year, didn't we? Yeah, the semi-final, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But did you win the World Cup? No, okay, cool. Um <laughs> <laughs> you, brought up, you brought up that stage. You, you brought it up. I'm just saying. I'm just checking. So, if you won the World Cup. 142 no. nil. We beat Namibia. And so, so fast forward 20 years, it's 71 free. Now, I did. I sat there and I say this all the time, and I don't know if I've discussed this with you, but it fucks me off. All right, Australia and New Zealand get so much stick for help. Like you've got to help grow the game in the Pacific. You've got to help grow the game in the mm. Pacific. Let's look at this. Australia's just being beaten by Fiji. Samoa are looking really good in the pool. Tonga weren't... I know they got beaten well by Ireland, but they on their day could upset someone. Mm-hmm. So three teams from the Pacific performing really well. Tell me another African team, other than South Africa, that are even close to anywhere. Like, you yeah. just look at it and you go, how would South Africa... I know South Africa look after themselves really well, but surely we should be pushing South Africa to grow the game in Namibia. Namibia should be a team that, you know, South Africa have a great rivalry with, like the Australia and Fiji. I would, how yeah. imagine one day South Africa beat, lose to Namibia. Like, how yep. incredible the scenes would that be? I just sit there and I get, it annoys me that Africa, South Africa doesn't do more for Africa. And, and there may be reasons for that. Like, uh, but they, South, rugby's so big in South Africa. Like, they could, they could do more. It's just what I see. Especially since they used to uh, occupy, maybe it used to be considered South African territory as well. Exactly. Like, so you, you're yeah. responsible for, you know, that would make it a great rivalry as well. Yeah, I agree. I, and, you know, it's, it's always a lot put on Australia and New Zealand to look after the Pacific nations and grow it there, and even you know, somewhat Japan. But where is the contribution from World Rugby, from England and uh, the other Northern Hemisphere teams, right, to, to grow rugby in the Pacific, but also in the Northern Hemisphere, to look after teams like... Uh, your Georgias that are growing, your Romanias as well. Um, and that's not even speaking about South America and North America, right? You know, totally. We, we should be growing the game 
in all geography because the the better it is around the world, then you get situations like the Soccer World Cup where it is truly a global game and anyone from any corner of the world can make uh, make a run, like the Matildas did at the Women's World Cup. 100%, yeah, I totally agree. And you have those fairy tale stories that we're potentially looking at, like Fiji and Samoa, oh, yeah. where a quarterfinal or a semifinal would just do them the world of good just for everything there. And uh, I just sit there you, and you I go... Won't meet, uh, you won't meet fans more passionate than Fijian fans. Oh, you, totally. uh, you, they, I think they're very, Fiji is very close to both your heart and mine after Super Rugby Pacific. So, you know, and as much as it's, this loss hurts, obviously as an Australian fan, you know, I'm happy for Fiji. Like, it's Oh, great. totally. It's one of those ones where, say, Fiji bet the All Blacks, you know, and Argentina beating the All Blacks in Christchurch. You, you grit your teeth... And you smile because you go, you know what? As much as it sucks and it hurts right now, mm. I'm happy for Argentina to do that. Like, you know yeah. that, that you can just see how what what it does to them, how much passion it brings, how how much it means to them to get those wins and yeah. do something like that. You you hate it to happen, but you know it has to happen to someone someday. And exactly. you know it, you just gotta you know grin and bear it. You know, yeah. like you get you, you think as well. Like, there's, obviously Australia's copping a lot of flack right now for losing to Fiji, but some of these other rugby nations that are now uh, up there, like your Argentina, um, uh, used to be terrible teams. And people used to get, you know, so someone had to lose to them for the first time. Someone had to, um, you know, to, to cop that on the chin for the first time. So, and then you just say, oh, well, you know, that's not, the, that's not a big deal because, you know, now they're a, a more developed rugby nation. That's what's happening in Fiji. And I think people are, blind to it because they're uh, a small Pacific nation, but you know what? Small nations make can make a uh, big noise in world sport. We see it all the time from New Zealand. Um, so, you know, <laughs> why not Fiji as well? Totally. And now there's even renewed talks of getting them into the rugby championship, which I think would be so incredible. Yep. And I do want to touch, just quickly touch base, not on the, on the run sheet, but super rugby again, we discussed this last time, Fiji's inclusion in that Moana Pacific inclusion that, and, and, you know me, Husey. I've been critical of Moana Pacific and how it hasn't worked, but it's quite clearly working for the players playing on the world stage. Like yeah. Samoa look like a better unit because these players have had professional... They may not be winning games in, in Super Rugby, but they're... Well, again, except against the Waratahs and the Hurricanes, but they are definitely showing off on the world stage. Even Tonga, who put in a good fight against yeah. Ireland, who have, you know, beaten better teams and, and, and so on. So I just go... Look, Japan losing the Sun Wills, it's just an interesting thing that Japan is starting to struggle and these you know, Pacific Island nations are starting to rise again. I think we devalue Super Rugby because we go, oh, this, this is happening and not as many fans watching. But the actual product, the game that is there, is quite clearly mm. still one of the best. Like We talk about the URC being the best club comp, but it'll be really interesting to see how Super Rugby teams and, and nations from Super Rugby progress now yeah well and it's it's looking like speaker super pacific argentina apparently may be coming back from 2026 which would be great and that might be you know because the deal is closed until 2025 so 2026 is where we might start to see some more uh invitations into super rugby pacific with uh, i you know it'd be great to add two more teams you add japan and argentina in there um and you really start to build a significant competition yeah i think done the right way look we saw um what was that it was uh aguadas we're one of the most competitive teams. It was hard to go out there and play. It's, I think it, it is what lifted Argentina up to the standard that they are at now. 
and I think it would do the same to Japan. And I go, mm-hmm. why the bloody hell not? As much as like we want to do it the right way, and I think we've done it the right way with the Fiji and Dura. They have done it so well with them that first year. Hello, how are you? Second year finals. Like that was the thing with the the Sunwolves. It was never, I think, set up for them to succeed. It was always yeah. like you're going to be the whipping boys. Whereas I, th- yeah. We're not even close to Super Rugby, but boy, when we get close to it, we're going to have to... It'll be a really interesting year. No Razor at the at the Crusaders. You've got the Western Force stockpiling everybody. I mean, Rebels it's just, stockpiling a few people as well. Exactly. Cooper's down there now. Two two former All Blacks heading to the Reds. It's going to be it's going to be very well, interesting. Julian Savia to Moana Pacifica. Oh, a massive respect for him to do that. I think. Yeah. Like I saw that I saw that he was announcing that he was going to another Super Rugby team, and it's quite typical in New Zealand that if you want your Super Rugby career to kind of finish off, you go to the Highlanders because yeah. they just seem to get the older talent going there. Maanano did it for a few years. Um, I think Brad Fawn ended up down there for a bit as well, and I was like, oh, he's going to end up at the Highlanders and. Uh, Going to Moana Pacifica, I just think, is such it's a it's a brave move because he's come from the Hurricanes, which is a culture of winning. As much as we yeah. only won one championship, we were there and competitive everything every time. And he's just gone quite clearly. This is probably not even a money move. I would imagine this is a hey, mm. I just want to I want to play rugby still. I've still got a couple of years left in to me. I don't know if he if he doesn't qualify for Samoa yet or what what happens there, but he must be close, and he just wants to give back to his people. And I just think that's a it's awesome. Yeah. Like he's going to make losing Levi Moore was big, but being able to bring in a name like Julian Savia and him willing to do that, I just uh, I just bank him for doing that. I think that's a such a service for a player like that. And now he's going to end up yeah. breaking the Super Rugby try scoring record in a Moana Pacifica kit. And that, how great is that going to be? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Oh, she's been a big week. Um, yep. Look, I, I'm going to leave the the final words for you because you need to do a rally cry for your Wallabies to get them up against Wales this Monday next week. I want to sit in here talking about a famous Wallabies trouncing of Wales. So, look. okay, uh, look, um, for me, looking at this game, there's uh, a few things that really stand out to me right um and that is the, the most the primary amongst them is that we can we can't give up we can't give up on uh on plays we can't give up on our game plan we can't give up on each other right we Australians, we, we came to the, 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 the country on us that is least suited to human life. The amount of things that want to kill us here is just incredible, right? It, it's, it's bred a survival instinct into, into all Australians, right? And that's what we re- need to rely on right now. We need, to, we need to, to dig deep, find that Aussie spirit, and give it to these... Welsh pricks, all right? And I say this as someone with Welsh heritage. My last name is Welsh. So, you know, I can say it, all right? Uh, back yourselves, Wallabies. Back yourselves. Don't go kicking shitty balls. Run the ball. Ball in hand, right? If there's something this game against Fiji has taught us is that the team with possession generally wins, right? Hold on to the ball. Trust in each other. Trust in your teammates. And reward your teammates trust that's the biggest thing i think a lot of times people we're seeing the same mistakes that we've always seen from the wallabies where people will charge forward and there's no one there to to back each other up 
how far have we come from the diggers of Gallipoli that no one's there with their mates running alongside them? Think of that. Rally. Think of uh, Lone Pine and think of the Neck and think about the Anzac spirit, all right? When you take it to those northern hemisphere pricks, all right? When you see your mate going forward, you go forward as well into the hail of bullets, into the trenches, into the storm, and fucking pull out the victory. No one believes in you right now. The Australian public doesn't believe in you. The Australian media doesn't believe in you. The rest of the world doesn't believe in you. But I believe in you. The small boy, sick at hospital, on his deathbed, all he wants is his last wish is the Wallabies win. That's me, by the way. I'm the, the sick child on his deathbed. Uh, all he wants is a, is a Wallabies win. And that you just believe in each other and reward each other's belief in you and do that. And you'll win. Wales isn't anything special, right? They struggled against Portugal. The Fijians should have beaten them. They got very lucky that they weren't beat there. Uh, luck is good. Making your own luck is better. There, it, there, is. there, there it, it is. is. There it is. Look, you know, couldn't have said it better myself, Husey. Good luck to all you Wallaby supporters there. You, we, we know you need it um, yeah. because skill hasn't got you very far in the past year. Um, but I will leave you with saying bulla to all our Fijian fans um, mm. because congratulations for a yeah. famous victory. Um, and I, we, I hope they get through to the next – I hope they get through to the quarters. Look, look – as I, there's, it's really hard for me because I I love a good whale uh, I love a good Wallabies team, and I like to see the Wallabies doing well because again, if there's anything I want, I want a final against the Wallabies for the All Blacks and us to win. That's what I want in life. It's not hard. Um, it is hard because the Wallabies struggle to get to finals, but when they do, that's all I want. And when I sit here, I want the Wallabies to go through. I don't hate the Welsh. I, I've got a mad respect for the Welsh. They love rugby as much as New Zealand loves rugby, so on and so forth, and then the Fijians. So it's a tough one. But if there's two teams we want to go through from this pool, it is Fiji and Australia, especially on this podcast, up the Anzacs, up the Southern yep. Hemisphere. Fuck off, you Northern Hemisphere pricks. Yep. <laughs> Couldn't have Excellent. said it better. All righty, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Peace.